How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is Frank Madden. And Frank, the saga continues. The Milwaukee Bucks are buxing harder than they've ever buxed before. Um, I, I don't know. What what <laughs> I, it was, I was just I was just telling you this before we were getting ready to record that some people had like tweeted at us like oh emergency pod uh, and it's like is it is it emergency pod like are we at this point with uh, I I guess you and I have kind of just been throwing up red flags this entire time so I guess maybe our emergency light has been on for a while like maybe we just kept driving like the emergency light was on but you know we just we just kept on driving but yeah like i I don't think this is emergency pod situation like this is just a continuing uh, a continuance of the strangest general manager search that we've ever seen especially when the gm and waiting was already on the on the staff yeah i've been I, my mind has sort of been racing with and you know again i i feel like we uh we had a lot of like sarcastic jokes and stuff to go around on twitter tonight but that's sort of just i think the way you have to cope as a bucks fan but yeah. um yeah i've been just sort of thinking all day about like different funny amusing ways to uh to frame this and um I, I was I've asked I knew I've asked you this before and I was disappointed then and I was disappointed again like ten minutes ago when I asked you if you were a Game of Thrones fan and you are not you're like the one person that I know who doesn't watch Game of Thrones because um, I feel like I feel like there there's like we could do like two weeks we could do like the whole month of August just like every day doing like different characters from game of thrones being different members of the bucks organization i mean i'll let you go um, like if you want to go right now for a little while and yeah go with whatever you know, theory you have in your head i'll let you go yeah you know i was i was trying to think about it because it's sort of one of those things like you you know characters are are often like clearly like you know you compare people to characters and it's like very clear that you're fav- giving them a favorable or unfavorable um <laughs> opinion i think i think if we i think if we had to do it right now this is probably charitable to John Hammond, but I feel like um, like like this would be the charitable view would that would be that uh, Ned Stark was John Hammond and Rob Stark was Justin Zanuck and um, John Snow is John Horst. And that that is the ultimate optimist reading of this. And you didn't probably understand anything I just said. <laughs> that is probably the ultimate optimist reading of this. And there are many, many more different variants of this that you could look at and they would be far less favorable um and i was trying to think about jason kidd and i was i was thinking jason kidd could be either cersei or joffrey um and that will probably amuse people that people will probably prefer one of those um but i'll stop there because you don't know what the hell i'm talking about um but Tweet tweet at me, not Eric, because you won't know what the hell you're talking about. Tweet at me at F Madden NBA. Give me your best Bucks 
front office uh, parallels who who different characters <laughs> are. Um, I, uh, I I get, 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 get throw throw some stuff out at me, um, and uh, and we'll we'll maybe bring some of, some of the better ones up. I, I I I'll probably need to just like give you a night off like in in late July or something, and just have somebody just go on for it. Just who, like have yeah have literally anybody else on who actually does <laughs> all of Game of Thrones, and then we can like just hash through some stuff. But um but yeah, it's it there's some serious palace intrigue. We haven't even like talked about what what I was just gonna say today, we, we haven't like, mentioned the news. If you haven't yeah. heard it, I'd be shocked. But I'll, I'll go for it anyways. Uh, Mark Stein reporting tonight that the Bucks have interviewed their own director of basketball operations, John Horst, for the open general manager position. Um, and I'm trying to think what else he went on to say. I think he he continues and goes on to say that he's actually, um, that Horst is, has emerged as an increasingly serious Bucks GM candidate after working under former Bucks GM John Hammond. Um, and I'm trying to think what else yeah i guess the other bit of news and all of that is uh horst uh who john hammond wanted to bring to orlando is contending for jim alongside zanuck um so i guess there's some more intrigue there that he again when we talk about these general manager searches we tend to know very little about these people unless they are former gms because then you just look at whatever they did as a GM and you could talk about that, but if they aren't, then you're, you're kind of trying to sort out exactly what that person is, what they're about, who they are. And I guess a number of people immediately tweeted at me when the news broke that, well, who, who's, who's John Horst? Um, and I think it's probably a valid question because it's not something you really hear about, but he is the Bucks director of basketball operations, not to be confused with president of basketball operations or anything like that. Uh, he's served that role for a while now. Uh, he's been with the Bucks for the last nine seasons. Um, this upcoming season would be his 10th with the Bucks. Uh, he had originally worked with the Detroit Pistons. Um, and I think he worked for three years there, um, with the Pistons before Hammond came over in 2008 and Hammond brought Horst along to Milwaukee um, and he's been there uh, the I guess during the entirety of Hammond's tenure so now looking at Horst uh, a, a younger guy um, I think 35 or 36 um, we were trying to <laughs> you you and I were trying to nail that down before we started recording um, but yeah a, a younger guy and again it's not I guess the thing I am concerned about is that there there may be a desire to discredit him, to give him a, not give him enough credit. Of I, I guess just in general to think that okay, well, this is just a name thrown at the wall. Like this guy couldn't GM anywhere else. This guy doesn't have a resume. Like all these things. And again, we, we don't really know that thing that it is certainly notable that he has not been an assistant GM. It is certainly notable that he hasn't been a GM before. Um, but again, we don't know what his duties as director of basketball operations entailed here in Milwaukee. Yeah. He came in as manager of basketball operations, uh, promoted director of basketball operations. Um, and so, I mean, I think from like our general sense of it, you know, it, it, that's obviously a job where you're working 
obviously closely with the general manager. Um, yeah. You know, the Bucks obviously had a year after David Morway left and before Justin Zanuck came that they didn't have um, assistant an assistant GM at all. So, um, you know, there was probably presumably more room for for a guy like like John Horst, obviously, along with Billy McKinney and Dave Babcock. You know, when you look at the um, kind of main sort of people that are involved in everything, and you know, obviously, you know, a guy like Billy McKinney will skew more towards scouting because that's his 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 job title, whereas um, John Horst is you know more you know, presumably kind of more like an all around type type role, um, you know, more of a job that that is sort of the, you know, it's obviously not next in line to GM. And that's what I think is so surprising about the news today. Right. That that caught everybody off guard is, um, you know, uh, he was not on obviously people's radar for this job. And, um, you know, it, it's it's difficult because it's it, it sucks because the process that Buck's ownership has gone through and, and Rod Thorne has <laughs> gone through um, has been a joke at this point. Right. I mean, yep. it's, it's been, they've, they've embarrassed themselves. I mean, you know, people around the, I mean, like I, somebody, I think um, I saw somebody tweeted tonight, like imagine if Vivek had done this and, you know, he would have been just completely murdered. And, you know, unfortunately that's, <laughs> that's, um, that's the, the Bucks are kind of backing themselves back into <laughs> that kind of discussion. Yeah. But, um, and the unfortunate thing is that everybody everybody loses um, who's part of this, right? I mean, you know, we we've been hearing that that the Bucks ownership is not agreed on on what the direction is going to be, and um, you know, there's been a lot of smoke um, about Wes Edens and Rod Thorne being the theoretical leaders of the process, mm-hmm. and um, you know, being potentially the holdouts um, on on Justin Zanuck, who. You know, I think both of us have, you know, from what we gather, and again, we're not, you know, we, we don't know the all the inner workings of the Bucks or anything like that, but we obviously hear a bit, right? And we haven't heard really any, any haven't really heard any reason why the, the hesitation is there with Zanuck, yep. but clearly there is. And, you know, I think today it kind of, we kind of reached, well... I don't know if it's today. Today we it got you know bashed over our heads, but clearly it seems like the inflection point has been passed. That you know publicly, if you could talk yourself into Zanuck somehow coming out of this being the GM, I mean, at this point with you know a person who is you know in a hierarchical terms below him um, in the pecking order, the fact that you know John Horse is suddenly now interviewing for the job means that um, clearly there is great discord among bucks ownership over what's what the right move is and i mean you know writing on the wall <laughs> i mean justin zanuck does not feel like he's going to be the ultimate gm of this team i mean and, how on earth at this point I, yeah like could, I mean, this at this point there's just no way on earth you could hire him yeah and and you know horst is um and again you know like you don't obviously hear that much about horst because his role is is not like a really high profile role. Um, he doesn't, you know, own scouting. He's not the guy standing in front of you when you go to, you know, draft workouts like Billy McKinney. Um, he's not the general manager, so he hasn't, you know, had that sort of public face. Um, but um, but it, it it sucks too because you know we it, it it's a it, it's apparent that you know he's not. This was not like a Machiavellian power grab from John Horst and. The, the crappiness of the whole process means that John Horst could could be a very good GM, right? He could yeah. be do a great job. We don't we don't know, right? Um, he obviously has been with the team a while. You know, no outward indications that there's any problem with John Horst. 
Um, but because this process has been such a shit show, um, you know, if they try to go introduce him at a press conference, I mean, Jesus, like talk about putting a guy in a horrible spot, you know, yeah. and, and making what should be a, a, a massively awesome uh, promotion be super awkward and just, you know, uh, it's, it just sucks. It sucks for everybody. I mean, it's obviously Justin Zanuck, you know, I mean, they owe him a lot of money. So you would hope that if he's pushed out that he's going to be paid very handsomely uh, and and at least, you know, get something for his troubles. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it sucks for Zanuck. It sucks for Horst in many ways, even if he's the guy that comes out of this with with the job. And and that's not, not to say anything about all the people that um, that work with those guys and, you know, have to have to show up and figure out what what happens next. Um, so it, it's just such a bad situation. And it's it's embarrassing for the organization, uh, you know, and, and we know a lot. I mean, it's been no secret that that people are, you know, not happy about it. And um, internally, externally, it's it's it just stinks for everybody. And, um, you know, I, I really thought after the Jason, I mean, the, the, the Bucks ownership has they've had two hires, really. They have the Jason Kidd hire, which is one of, I mean, I'm trying to think of a more spectacularly bad PR hire as a coach. It's in, pretty tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, I mean, that was a complete disaster from a PR standpoint. Um, and and now to to come up with an entirely new and just horribly dysfunctional way to well, technically they still haven't hired a GM, but you know to to, to go then, about it, yeah. Yeah, to then have a chance to get your GM and to to similarly just completely botch it. And and again, like it's you know, it's not like they botched it because they all got together and said, Let's do a horrible job with this. Clearly, you know, there was just disagreement and big personalities and you know <laughs> I mean too many cooks, right? I mean, why yep. is Rod Thornton needed in this organization? You know, I mean it's just it's just kind of crazy. You think about how all the, all the different people that are in this organization when, when you had kid sort of still also being, you know, bandied about a couple of years ago as, as being this, you know, big influential figure. And then, you know, I don't know if the idea was that Thorne would somehow moderate kid or whatever it might be, but it, it's just like more and more people getting, getting thrown into this. And then, you know, ownership hires Zanuck under weird circumstances a year ago. Right. I mean, yeah. bringing him in and not making it obvious that, that, um, that he's in theory, the heir apparent, so much for that but um but it's just like every every hire that that we've seen basically whether it was kid zanuck or uh now i don't know let's guess john horse seems more likely than anybody else right now um every 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 <laughs> yeah. hire has just created has just like sown seeds of awkwardness and again like i don't think it's because you know especially i mean jason kids may be a bit different but like i don't think any of these guys are they're not. They don't want this awkwardness. I don't think John Horse wants any of this stuff. But I don't know. It's just. It's just a shame, right? I mean, it's a yeah. shame. This, this. This shouldn't be that hard. And and the thing I, <laughs> I always find funny is, I guess we all cope with things different ways. And obviously, uh, there's the sarcastic way to cope with things, and then there's like the blindly optimistic way to to cope with things. And again, I, I don't. This has to be the sixth or seventh time I've said this in this process, but like, just look at the process, and that that's going to give you an answer. Like, there was more people in my mentions again tonight that were like, "Well, you know, if if they think 
if they doubt Zanuck and, you know, they think Horst is the guy, then, yeah, they should take their time and interview him and make sure they get it done right. And, it was, and it's like, okay, again, let's think this through. Like, if they thought John Horst was the candidate, was a guy that they liked, like, he should have been a part of the first batch of interviews. And, and that, like, there's there's just so many things about this process that you can clearly see things did not go according to plan or uh, as a number of people said maybe there wasn't a plan like it, it it's just a, a bad bad look for the entire organization and like you said uh if it was if it was vivac people would be making all of the vivac jokes they could right now and that is exactly what this organization looks like at this moment so uh there's and the and I guess there's just no one that comes out good from any of this. Like even even Justin Zanuck, who may, maybe we figure out something once he left it, and then all of a sudden the truth comes out or whatever it may be. Like even if that's the case, like well, Zanuck is still like out of a general manager position, a general manager position that he was told he was being hired for as assistant GM to become part of a succession plan. So like he's out of that ownership looks bad. John horse is put in a bad situation. The organization is stretched here and put under stress in a time that it's already the most stressful time of the year. Uh, so there's just, I, I, at this point, as we've, as we've been going through this process, I've been trying to think of like, okay, how could you, spin this in a positive way, look at this in a positive way, and every day that passed, something new comes out, or something new happens, or just another day passes. And I think to myself, wow, how can you spin this at this point? There just just is not a way. It was a total shit show, and it's a total mess. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it... The only thing I can say is that it it should be over soon. <laughs> that that's one positive, and you I would mean, certainly I think- hope because uh, because again maybe <laughs> maybe Horst becomes the front runner, uh, but then there's no agreement there. So then they need to hire or they need to interview someone else, and then maybe that person becomes the front runner, and we do this until August. I don't know. That could happen. We, we we've <laughs> narrowed down, and then all of a sudden expanded uh, the the candidate base. So I, I assume we could just do this. For the rest of the summer, if we really needed to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 big positive that um, you know, and again, <laughs> maybe I'm well. No, I don't think I'm stretching here. I think the, the the positive that you can draw is, I think, and I think you would agree, and I think a lot of Bucks fans would agree. There were names, there were landmines on some of these GM <laughs> candidate lists, um, whether it was Wes Wilcox or like some of the retread options, you know, that Ed Stefanski, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, again, like we shouldn't have to choose between awful retread or you know, complete disaster, weird awkwardness, and hiring of like younger guy who like has the possibility of actually like being good. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the in the grand scheme of like really low expectations because we're Bucks fans, um, you know, the, the it would have been worse to have a completely clean process and come out with a guy that like would have been a bad choice. Um, so I can at least take some solace and like, well, at least this doesn't seem to reflect on John Horst. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, there, there are questions about John Horst. I mean, you know, I think 
all of us like without knowledge of the situation beyond sort of what we hear you know secondhand and and you know just from the optics of it i mean you know i don't think anybody would have reasonably said like oh pick john horst over justin zanuck i mean there was no external reason to to think that that was sort of the obvious thing i mean you, you know again you can promote justin zanuck and then promote john horse to assistant gm right i mean yeah, like you, sure you know you you don't have to it's not like it's not like it's necessarily a one or the other thing um even if uh you know there was talk about you know horse maybe being interested in or potentially having an option in orlando um so it, it's just uh yeah i mean it, it's just it's just too bad it's just too bad because the the bucks you know have and and they uh there was a good quote and i'm gonna butcher it i don't remember it exactly but um I was I was I was just browsing on uh, Unreal GM the other day, and um, uh, one of my all-time favorite Real GM posters, Supreme Hustle, aka Michael Starberry, who's a really talented writer, um, and uh, and he tweeted at me. He's a podcast listener, so maybe Mike Mike even hears it. So shout out to to Mike Starberry. But um, he's he's written movies. He writes for the Legends of Chamberlain Heights TV show. Um, so he's a smart guy, super talented guy. I mean, he listens to the podcast, so he's obviously smart. But um, <laughs> but he had a comment, and I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember it. I don't I don't have it in front of me. But he had he had some comment, I think, and I hope it was actually him. But I think it was him. He said something to the effect of, you know, the Bucks are two good moves away from being a title contender, and they're you know one bad move away from being the Milwaukee Bucks. And <laughs> um, you know that that's just sort of that feels like you you don't come up with. Uh, a turn of phrase like that without a being smart like Mike but, or B having suffered through the Milwaukee Bucks over the past 20 whatever years. Um, and, and that's, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like we, 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 you know, it's laugh versus cry in a lot of ways yep. uh, about stuff like this. And um, it's just unfortunate. Cause I mean, it's like, there's no reason this ownership group should have to struggle like this with things like that. I mean, they've, they've been very proactive and done well on, so many non-basketball related things yeah and again there's there's not much you have to do well really there there there's you know you, you don't have to do that many kind of like high profile things as as an owner and again hiring your gm is the really the main one um and and now just the you know the trail of of crumbs here going back through the xanic hire and and before that the kid hire i mean it's just I, I just don't know how really smart people could have screwed that up as much as as we've seen it. It's just it's just so frustrating. Um, but again, all you can I think all you can cling to is well, the optics suck, and hopefully, you know, again, hopefully you do end up with a, a good candidate who's actually able to do a good job, um, and and you know that you know barring something surprising. You know, I certainly don't expect Ed Stefanski to be come come back in the picture, or Wes Wilcox to come back in the picture. You never know, uh, though. You never know. You never know. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know how much. Uh, how much more there is to say about it for now. I mean, we, now at this point, we're just sort of waiting for. I don't know. I think we'll be waiting for like the other shoe to drop, and we we've, we've been going through a lot of shoes. <laughs> yeah. It, I guess one of the the things that this kind of highlights is that I, when you're when you're talking about owners and stuff like that, like you think like okay, you don't want to have like a bad owner, and like I, I think the ultimate hope was when this ownership group came in that it's like okay, you have three guys 
So even if one of those one of those people is is not crazy and it, bad, yeah, like it, like <laughs> you have checks and balances in place to take it, like to make sure that the organization is run well, and you have enough smart, competent thinkers together that decisions can get made and it can be done democratically, and you can figure things out. And we've largely found out that that isn't the case. Like that, that is, that is not what has happened here in Milwaukee. And I guess uh, there was certainly some people, I, I know Dan Schaefer has talked about this a lot, friend of the pod, uh, and mentioned many times that, yeah, like there's three owners, like how do they make decisions and how do they get things done? And, and like you said, the, I guess you can see that maybe bad decisions come in many, uh, in many forms, in many shapes, like the kid decision was extremely decisive. Like the immediate, like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And it looked really bad and it was executed really poorly and it goes down as a bad move. And now this decision, totally indecisive, no decisions are being made. And yeah, it looks really bad and things have gone poorly. So um, I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's one of those things that as ownership took over, you were, I, I think you had to be concerned about, but at the same time, you could spin it in a positive way and think, okay, checks and balances, it's going to all be good. And we've largely found that that isn't the case. Yeah. And, you know, again, you, you would hope with three people that, you know, you could make a decision between two options. Um, I think the math should make that pretty simple. Um uh, but uh, it's it's difficult, yeah. And um, there there are a lot of dynamics at play. You know, Rod Thorne's fingerprints are all over the search overall. Um, and <laughs> I mean, if again, if Rod Thorne and Wes Edens are the guys leading this search, then please let them never lead anything again with regards to this organization. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's just, there, there are just, it, just, it really does. I mean, it, you know, the, the idea that the Bucks have too many voices, um, you know, I, I don't know how much that's really impacted a lot of decisions that they've made. I mean, I think certainly a lot of decisions they've made from a basketball standpoint, we haven't seen necessarily clear evidence of that. Obviously there's always been a lot of like, especially a couple of years ago, a lot of the talk about like, well, Jason Kidd is, you know, pushing, you know, He's he's the guy kind of pulling strings behind closed doors and power power playing people whatever it might be, um, but this was obviously at this you know this example there are, there are just so many characters at play. You've got you know Zanuck coming in as heir apparent to Hammond. Did Hammond want him? Ownership wants Zanuck. They maybe want him to replace him eventually. Um, what was it all you these... said about terrible work environment for everyone? What was what was that you said on Twitter? There was well, something. It was it, it was um, it, you know Mark Mark Stein had the tweet about um, about Horst. You know, basically it was just talking about you know the, the basically they're essentially trying to work together right now. In theory, um, you know, Mark Stein. Here's the quote: Now John Horst hyphen or dash who ha- who John Hammond wanted to bring to Orlando is contending for GM alongside Zanuck who's heading Milwaukee's draft prep. And of course, John Horst is also part of Milwaukee's draft prep and works directly with Justin Zanuck. And so I just tweeted, operation, create a horrible work environment for everyone going just as planned. And really, uh, like, think how long that operation has been, has been, I guess, I don't even know, like initiated, accomplished, like that, that's been there. Like, think of all, all of the last year for both Hammond and Zanuck. 
that's, it has to be incredibly awkward for both of them. Like the power yeah. dynamics in play, how much say should Justin Zanuck have? How strongly should he play his hand? John Hammond, how do I survive? How do I manage to get another year out of this? Am I supposed to mentor this guy? Am I looking at uh, a role in the organization later on as an advisor? Like, what am I supposed to do? And then, like you said, you, you throw the Jason Kidd stuff in there, and there's just a, an environment that, again, just doesn't make a lot of sense for the people working in it. Yeah, and I think the we haven't really talked much about Kidd. Um, I mean, I think that there's... There's always, I think, for a lot of, especially you know, casual fans, there's always sort of the the temptation to, you know, wonder. And I think you know, I mean, there are probably still pockets of Bucks Twitter out there who are saying like, oh, Jason Kidd, he's probably gonna get hire that guy to be the the GM, right? Um, and and it, I mean, the, one of the positive things of last year is that it does seem like Kidd's voice has been moderated a fair bit in terms of, um, you know, the the front office decision making and whatever influence he might have had. Um, and it's not to say again that he's like has no say or something like that because coaches usually have some say, but, um, but it seems like his role had moderated somewhat and, you know, we haven't talked about it a lot because frankly it's just complete speculation. Um, but you know, that was always one of the interesting things with, with all the, the GM hire stuff was like, well, what, where does kid fit into all this? You know, like (laughs) is, is the GM going to have like any input into this? about kids future immediately it, i mean we talked about probably like that it seemed very unlikely that guys would come in in interviews and make their opening lead be <laughs> i would fire jason kid um you know it just from a practical you know st- tactical interviewing standpoint um and especially with the money owed jason kid as well so but it's interesting because i don't think um i don't i mean i don't think we get the sense that jason kid really kind of directly influenced this Again, it's not to say that there may be baggage between ownership about, you know, kids hire or, you know, again, I, I don't know how ownership currently views Jason Kidd. Although I think, you know, from everything we heard all during the season, you know, there was no talk about ownership being thrilled with Jason Kidd. And there were occasional talk about him having his job in jeopardy even after they pulled things or turned things around late in the season, which probably says a lot about him not being in a position of strength in the organization, but yeah. he is still around. They are still paying him a ton of money. They owe him a ton of money. Um, and I think it is, you know, it is fair to kind of think about this as well. Certainly if, if you hire a younger guy, um, you know, and, and I also, I mean, and again, I was someone who, you know, I've been pro just hire Zanuck, right? I've been hashtag team Zanuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did not think, that Justin Zanuck was going to come in and immediately fire Jason Kidd. Um, but uh, certainly hiring any of these younger guys, I think, um, makes it less likely they are going to have some sort of real decision on Jason Kidd. And and maybe, you know, that's always was always going to be realistic because of, again, the money owed him and, you know, I don't know, whatever po- other politics there might be around it. Um, but it is, it, is, it is interesting as well. I mean, you know, that that's obviously one thing you worry about if you bring in somebody young, um, who may not have clout, um, who probably doesn't get paid as much as a really established guy. Um, you know, what? Wh- how much control and power is he really able to exert um, in decision-making in the organization? Because I think that's one thing that we always thought about. You know, I, I, I always, and again, I never really had people say it directly so much. A lot of people didn't, would deny that Jason Kidd, like, was ever official, had any real, like, official power ever. But 
I think, you know, we often talked about sort of the personalities at play and John Hammond being a survivor and Jason Kidd being a guy who put, tried to get what he wants all the time and, and why maybe it wasn't surprising that Jason Kidd for a while tended to get what he wanted, even if he didn't officially have, you know, some degree of power. And, you know, I think that's just another sort of backdrop to all this with all the chaos in the organization, even if Jason Kidd is not, you know, let's say in, in great graces with people at this point or doesn't have a lot of clout perhaps mm-hmm. relative to a couple years ago um you know this the the dysfunction around the front office does little to let's say hold him more accountable <laughs> yeah if, if that makes sense so it, it's just tough right i mean i think just for the longest time you look at organizations that are run well you know the rockets the spurs you know you especially a team like the rockets like daryl murray's the gm he makes decisions he's not always right but they're his decisions. Ownership doesn't really, you never really hear about Les Alexander, you know, putting the kibosh on something or, you know, having some big say about things. It's just stability. It's boring. GM hires the coach, fires the coach. <laughs> you know, it's just, yep. it's predictable. And and that's, I think, what you want to get to. And um, I think that's the challenging thing is anytime if you do go with a younger guy, and obviously a lot of the guys we're talking about were younger, less experienced that the Bucks were looking at. Um, it's always harder to get through and and become that guy who who has that strong voice and and actually is the guy who's accountable for everything. Um, and again, you know, it's not just Jason Kidd, but if you're going to keep all these voices in in the room and try to make everybody happy, we probably shouldn't be surprised when you get you know this basically. All right, Frank. I don't think I have anything else on this topic. I can't. I can't add anything. I, I think we've summed up how exhausting this search has been, how frustrating this search has been, uh, and how depressing this search has been. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe that's a little bit too far, but um, yeah, th- that's all I got. And you know what? I think that's going to be it for us for today on Locked On Bucks. That was Frank Ben. I'm Eric Dame. Try to smile. We'll see you later.